lifepodcasts.fm. This podcast is a Prime Media Broadcasting production. Time in the saddle. For cyclists, by cyclists. Time in the saddle. Time in the saddle. Myself, Brian O'Connor, joined by Omnico's Nick Barr and special guest today, John Wakefield. How's it, guys? Good. Yeah, how's it going? Nice. Overcast weather around the Cape. Joburg yeah. have had their run of cold weather as well. Just not the rain and storm that we've had. In Europe, it's a very busy time of the year. We're counting down the days to Tour de France, and this year's just disappeared literally. Uh, European season, though, very much alive. And before we get into that, uh, John, I want to bring you in. Uh, you work under this Science to Sport banner. Tell us a little bit about Science to Sport. Cape Town-based, South African-based coaching, testing company. We work a lot with mountain bikers and road cyclists in South Africa. There's four directors, senior coaches, and then we have affiliate coaches underneath us. Current crop of athletes is close to about 300 athletes all around from the multiple disciplines, from cross-country, marathon and road. We hold in our stable multiple South African champions, Alan Hathley, the world under-23 cross-country champion, and um, a good few European athletes at the same time. What makes South Africans such good bikers? I want to say you say bikers generally because under the entire umbrella, we, we produce some of the best in the world. Yeah, we do. I think it's the environment and the climate. Yes, we have bad winters, but generally all over South Africa, the weather's really good for training. Yeah. Contrary to popular belief, like our routes and roads and stuff are very good. That's yeah. why we get a big influx of Europeans from the roadside. And obviously our mountain biking is phenomenal, yeah. what we have in South Africa. Especially I thought you were going to say it's our coaching. Yeah, and it's the coaching <laughs> and the coaching. <laughs> but yeah, just the environment and South Africa in general are sort of endurance crazy. So mm. just as a kind of way of life whether it's doozy or comrades cycling etc it's it's what brings it out of the people and what's beautiful about south africa is once something takes off it like literally explodes it becomes a handful or a niche sport to the the mass market sport everybody wants to be involved everyone aspires to get the best in equipment and be the best out on the trails and what's nice is you get to see and and i I would gather fairly young talent coming through that you can spot pick up and then develop their progress all the way uh, to world championship status yeah, for sure. Yes, there, there are a lot of talented uh, juniors and stuff coming through, but where the problem with that comes in is they are often pushed a little bit too hard as juniors. So by the time they reach that sort of under-23 elite level, yeah, um, they don't really carry that success through. There's really a, a very small percentage of it. And that's I sort think of it's <coughs> something we, we you know, obviously spend some time with Manny Fumich and the guys from the Canada Factory Racing, and we did a series of evenings with them, and, and Ryan, you were there for, for yeah. a couple of them. And, they always get asked the question, you know, like, oh, I've got a talented kid, he's, you know, 14, 15 years old, and, and how do I get him into the pro circuit? And Manny always kind of laughs. He says, you know, I don't know what it is with you South Africans. You are so mm. hell-bent on training. He said, just let your kid enjoy riding their yep. bike. You know, if you push them too early, by the time they're 18, they, they don't enjoy it anymore. And uh, sure. his best advice or the advice he always gives is, I mean, neither him, Maxime, nor Enrique, who's now a current mm. world champion, yeah. were riding bikes at, at 14 or 15 yeah. never mind with, with training programs and, and yeah. kind of getting out there and doing races they were just having fun what i enjoyed was um uh, you mentioned that the time that we spent together as a team unit they really have the art of knowing their sport obviously very well and the impact it has on as you mentioned youngsters lives who are pushing so hard to be the champions that it's so lekker to see and yeah like you mentioned now just to echo those words the greats of world cycling turn around and go kids be kids yeah. if you yeah. love cycle cycle if you don't love it anymore put the bike down do something yeah. else for a bit and i guess that's and to your point as well john that's where we seeing kids then 21 years old they're burnt out they you know they yeah. they they're absolutely not interested at all in the sport of biking it's like their pill's gone 
Yeah, or you have that sort of a early peak as a junior, and that, as I said, doesn't carry through, and that's sort of when when problems occur and, and fights start for yeah. the better sense. We often get coaching requests, which I think we hit an all-time best about two weeks ago with a parent that mailed us wanting coaching for their nine-year-old kid. Uh, it was a daughter, and they basically wanted what our top ladies like Candice and uh, Mariska and Sherry are, are getting in terms of, you know, they're in their like mid, mid-20s. mid Yeah. And you reply back and you say, you know, like politely, like, are you nuts? Yeah. And, uh, and you just never hear from them. And where the problem is, is they'll go somewhere else and somebody else will give them that service, which, yeah, it's, it kind of creates a bit of a monster. I want to start at the very beginning in terms of Satan, and, and this is actually a good point to be at the moment because I'm at the moment picking up a, uh, a new Cannondale scalpel. There's a new left, a lefty system that's out. And I want to bring something that you guys do really well in because it's something that I think a lot of people get wrong. And I think it's important whether you're a, a weekend warrior, if you're a pro uh, or you're on the verge of being whatever, is getting the right fit when it comes to your bike. I think a lot of people, and I want to bring talk a little bit about ErgoFit because for me it's something that you kind of uh, don't realize the important science behind mm-hmm. making sure that the basics before you even get on a bike are right in terms of being fitted for a bike. Yeah, for sure. From ergonomics of a bicycle. Yeah, and biomechanics. And biomechanics. <laughs> yeah, it's a new word you learned. <laughs> yeah, purely from an injury prevention alone, your correct bike fit is brilliant. Sure. Going back to ErgoFit, it is our personal system that we developed at Science of Sport. Dr. Jeroen Swad actually developed it. Yes. We were all just guinea pigs during the process. It's a brilliant system. And that alone prevents injuries or forecasting injuries and also obviously comfort on the bike and creating power at the correct positioning or etc and just making your riding a lot more fun and enjoyable than always stopping riding due to knee pain lower back pain whatever the case may be i think for me one of the biggest misconceptions is bike fit according to height okay so i often get you know calls and people talking about bikes and they say well i'm one meter 82 or one meter 75 what size bike should i be on and the difficult thing is you can get two people that are the exact same height that have very, very different body makeups, um, you know, in terms of leg length, in terms of reach, upper torso length, and all of that plays a huge impact in terms of bike fit. And like John says, I mean, the, the best thing to do when you are shopping for a new bike mm. is to have a proper bike fit done sure. and make sure that you are on the right size. Nice. Uh, and then just quick, again, I want to just wrap up a conversation on a science to sports side, because we've got lots to talk about in this, including some new product that's been released ahead of Tour de France. But John, just finally, I want to talk a little bit about the fact that coaching these days, you know, you think of, of coaching 20 years ago, you'd actually have to go along to sessions where you'd have to rock up on a Saturday morning and get coached. What I love about the systems that you have in place is you can do it entirely and create programs for individuals entirely without even that person having to be there. If somebody wanted to get a coach and get coached (coughs) towards a goal, say wine to Wales, say whatever event's happening, say an epic eventually down the line, you could, as simple as going to your website, and I've had a look at this now, and it says get started in big bright orange, you can (laughs) click on that and you can actually sign up and go through the process of what your needs are, what your goals are, looking to lose weight, looking to to be whatever. And then you guys, and there's a process where people can actually upload what they're doing on a program that you've specifically tailored for somebody. And then obviously from their point of view, they can get that feedback immediately from your coaches online. Yeah, so that is sort of the benefit of of the internet nowadays. You kind of work remotely. Sure. Some people still do like have that one-on-one where you take them out and you go up and down the hill, et cetera. But the majority of the stuff now is all done online. Um, You know, and with everything sinking, together you would prescribe it we use a platform called training peaks 
we prescribe the training daily, weekly on Training Peaks itself. They will upload their data files from that. We'll be able to look at their data and prescribe further from that. Then we also have external monitoring systems, which is in terms of like a weekly kind of request form where they fill it out and they send it back to us. It's an algorithm and we get certain scores off it. And then we compare that to the training files because you as an athlete will tell me one thing, your files will tell me another, and then we need to correlate the two. And then obviously there's the actual personal interaction being phone calls or sure. yeah, like yeah. WhatsApp, etc. Yeah, uh, or you from, don't hear from, from somebody in a week. You yeah. haven't <laughs> uploaded it. <laughs> yeah, that's you're like, it. Are you still alive? Yeah, Just you joke. <laughs> you do that. You like kind of uh, say to them like, hey, Ryan, what's up? Yeah, what's <laughs> you'd be saying that a lot to me, John. You'd yeah. say that a lot to me. Um, okay, John, I want, to, I want your input into, we'll talk to the France in the moment before cool. then uh, and we'll talk about uh, because Omnica have got some amazing products in the stable we chatted about this last week but specifically around Tour de France it's an important time for manufacturers to release cool gear Nick what is hot and happening out of the world out of Europe at the moment well, product wise um, okay first of, all, first of all let's talk about the new bike the new bike the yeah. new road bike so Canada have just released the brand new Super 6. So I don't know if, if you will remember, but last year we released the System 6, which yeah. is a sort of full aero, uh, mainly designed for flatter courses. And probably I include most of South Africa in flatter courses. We don't really have the mountains that they do in Europe. But certainly the new uh, Super 6, I mean, it is beautiful. It is a cross between kind of an aero and a, and a full out uh, race bike. Mm. Um, you know, initial testing shows that it's about, uh, I think they claimed about 21% less uh, or has less drag than it's uh, the current model. Um, you're saving 30 watts at about 45 kilometers an hour. So, yeah, it's light, it's fast. It is a, it is really, really is a, a beautiful bike. And we saw some sneak peeks just before. Yeah, um, I'm having a look a now. As you're talking, and more than likely people that are listening to the podcast are having a quick look, a Google look, and just <laughs> yeah. to see what the, what the bike looks like. So the team will be riding that in the in the tour. It will be released, and the, and they'll be riding both the Super Six on the on the more mountain stages, and then the System Six on the the flatter, faster stages. Beautiful bike, and you know what I like about it? It's that that subtleness again that's coming through from Cannondale. All the the latest releases from your product stable. It's very, you know, it, you got to really look hard to find it saying Cannondale anywhere. But the unique the look is so unique so you look at it and you know as a cyclist well i know that's a cannondale product uh but it's not bl- 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 screaming at you uh, with big labels on the side that it's that and i'm looking at that at your product now right now talking about the uh, super six evo 2020 and again just the colors are just so you know they're they're muted they're not bright bold in your face this is a cannondale but the design is so typically cannondale yeah it's something they worked very hard on i mean uh about a year to 18 months ago, they released a, a whole new logo, new look and feel, yeah. very much black and white and, and mm. moving away from the green. And we're starting to see that with the 2020 model bikes. As you said, the cut, colors are very, very subtle compared to mm. what we've seen in the past. And yeah, I mean, it's, it seems to be working. We, we saw the bikes in Taipei in, in March um, and they really are good looking um, bikes all around this year. So yeah, we're very excited. Stunning. What else is uh, new? Anything new? Good to, uh, it's a good time to chat other products? Yeah, we've, I mean, Giro have just released uh, some new shoes that we've, we should have in the shelves kind of any day now. Um, road, road, road shoes. Road shoes, the, the Imperial and nice. the new Empire lace-ups. Um, very, very lightweight carbon shoes. Uh, the Imperial has a sort of wire mesh structure around the outside of the shoe with a two boa lace-up system. Um, you'll see that in the tour. So, I mean, you're going to see so many products from so many different brands now yeah. coming out in the in the tour. It's it's time to release all your road products. Will will come out now. Mm-hmm. So, Dash. 
Stage is dash unit, yeah, as John is just saying. Yeah. Um, you know, power power meter sort of head unit. Um, you know, John will be very familiar with power, and we can have a, a whole other conversation with him when he's <laughs> back from the Tour de France on that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, training with power and the importance of it. And, you know, these days, you know, the standing sort of joke with Chris Froome is that he just rides looking at his computer at what watts he's turning out, and yeah. he knows how, exactly how long he can do that for. Um, rather than just riding on, on gut feel. That's, cr- so that's incredible. Stages dash units in three different models are also coming out now. So you're going to see, as I say, a whole lot of stuff at, at the tour, new gizmos and gadgets, and, and we're going to see it all. John, let's talk about your involvement, TDF. What, what are you going to be doing over there? Um, my other job, I work <laughs> for uh, <laughs> the other hat I put on. Um, I work for the Pro Tour team, the UAE Team Emirates. Wow. Um, the performance coordinator for the year. Um so that's based sort of, yeah, based in Cape Town. Yeah, uh, well, all of, over globally, yeah, globally, yeah, globally. So obviously it's European Pro Tour yes, team. Yeah. So I sort of spend half the time here, half the time there. Um, so I got home actually Saturday, <laughs> and I fly out Monday again. So I came home to shave my legs and wash my clothes. Yeah, you came home to be on this podcast. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, Nick yeah, sent yeah, me yeah. back home. He was like, "Bud, you got to come," and uh, yeah, he threatened me. So uh, yeah, that's that's my other side. So what I do on that uh, on that team is um, I work personally with with a handful of the riders in yeah. terms of coaching, and then I run their sort of uh, TT protocols, their high, uh, their high altitude camps. Uh, which is actually what I'm going back to now, to Sierra Nevada. And then, um, yeah, like sort of all, all their performance stuff. Um, I obviously report to a guy that's head of performance, but sure. sort of just uh, underneath him. Uh. That's a fascinating job, eh? That is Yeah, it's wild. That's, it is. <laughs> I, I yeah, mean, to, people don't realize that, uh, and again, it's the science involved in making sure that the athletes go into Tour de France in uh, phenomenal condition and they keep that condition all the way till the very yeah, end. And it, it. It, it, people don't pack their bikes up at the end of the Tour de France and go, well, we're we done for a year. We were off to the <laughs> south of, of, of France for like eight months of relaxation. The, the season continues yeah sure. and you've got to make sure that those riders are coming out they've got one or two days off and bang they go again onto the next yeah typically so like because of how big of a load that the tour is in terms of like a training and racing volume yeah they typically don't take off so they won't sort of stop the tour on sunday and then do nothing for the week they'll still ride so that possibly that week afterwards they'll still do sort of 10 hours um and then yeah, like from that they'll go to to their next thing. So maybe Tour of Burgess, you know, as an example, or some of them will go from there to the Vuelta. Yeah, um, you know, because that starts sort of just afterwards. So it's it's not uh, you know yeah we finished Sonia and the Oaks on his back. Yeah, on his back he's for done. the whole week. He's done. Yeah, yeah he's done. <laughs> you know, and he's always, uh, finish a tour and then go and do Sonia. <laughs> Everybody at the office knows the Oaks like in the next day. Hey, but listen, don't don't yeah. mess with me. I've done Sonia. Yeah, I'm knackered. I put my feet up now. I want beers. Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's kind of juggling all of that. Um, yeah, which, which is which is hard, but obviously there are monitoring systems and yeah. testing and stuff that we have in place to see who's where. But yeah, it's it, it's interesting at the best of times. Favorites into this Tour de France, Nick? Do you have you been keeping your eye on any of the riders that you kind of are going? Well, listen, it's anyone's game now <laughs> that some of the uh, the big, uh, I guess, the biggest contenders out injured. So what, what 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 would you call me for TDF? Who should we look at? What names should we be listening out for uh, come this weekend? Well, given that John's coaching the UAE guys, I'd yeah. probably say none of them. Fair call. No, in all seriousness, I, I think we, we and, and you know John will know better than me, but I, I think we're in for a cracking Tour de yeah. France yeah. this year. I think, um, you know, Diodata just announced their team. There's yeah. no Louis Mankies, no yeah. Mark Cavendish. Um, so they bring in a, a young squad in there in, in terms of, I guess, experience. 
Um, you know, we've seen the Chris Froome crash and him out. Yeah. Um, you know, Tom Dumoulin's, you know, he's, he's out. out. Gone. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, Nibali's kind of hovering as he mm-hmm. always does. He's <coughs> done the Giro. So, you know, I don't know how fresh he's going to be. But I think it's going to be a really, really interesting race. Uh, you know, there's mountain stages very early on in the tour this year, which which could sort of put some time into to a few people. Yeah. Sagan might surprise us all and, and kind of try and shake the, the green jersey and, and go for yellow. I, I think there's it's it's really shaping up to be a very, very interesting tour. And, and I think it's anyone's race, really. There's, there's not one team that I think will control things the way Sky slash Ineos have in, in the past. Um, I think it's it's really it's you know Richie Port owes us a, a big tour. Yeah. Um, you know he's been unlucky since since leaving Sky and joining BMC. So yeah, I mean I don't know how John feels, but I, I don't think there's one person that I yeah. would put my money on at, at this stage of the game. What about this Dane Jacob uh, <laughs> from uh, the Stana team, uh, Fugslang? Uh, Fugslang. Fugslang. Yeah. Fugslang. Uh, yeah, definitely. And if you look at the team they're sending, it's yeah. it's a powerhouse team. It is, yeah. Um, so if you had to take sort of top five guys, I would take Fugelsang. And if you look at his year, he's he's had the best year today. Yes, yeah. Um, and the team he, he has behind him is is phenomenal. And it's Astana. You can you can take nothing away from them. Yeah. Um, you got to take Geraint Thomas as a previous oh, winner. Yeah. And he's playing it down. Eh? You watching? If you watch him now, he's like, oh no, uh, you know, <laughs> nothing. This is just, I'm just going to take it easy, head yeah. down. He wants to avoid all kind of media, you know, tension. Um, you know, and they say kind of. Everyone's hyping up uh, Egon Bernal. Yeah. Um, I think over three weeks and how big the tour is, I think it's too big for him at the moment to go for GC. Yeah. Um, like he's been good in the shorter week races and that, and, and he's been really good, but the tour is like it's another animal, a grand tour. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Nabali, you can never oh, count him out. He's no, a gangster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, Yates uh, as well. Uh, yeah, another, both Yates. Another tour veteran. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a man who knows his way around the route very well. Yeah. Uh, Naira Quintana will be back in the seat as well, looking to try and yeah. make some noise. Uh, and then uh, Thibaut Pino will also yeah. be. I mean, these are. These are these Dan are, Martin, oh. take him. So. You're giving me, you see, everyone gets goosebumps when we talk TDF because <laughs> this is the creme de la creme. Yeah. You know, it's it really is, and it's it's an open field now. It's it's going to be an exciting TDF. Um, we wish you everything of, of the best going over. We'd love to, in actual fact, on a upcoming. If we even get a half a second to be able to chat uh, to John while at the TDF, uh, Nick and I will 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 possibly phone you from from time yeah. in the saddle and say how's it to a quick catch up, and yeah. uh, we'll be here uh, in the pouring rain. You'll be over there in the sunshine, yeah, that's right. on some amazing. I came back route. from forty degrees to this. <laughs> I think that. Only Cape Townian with a tent at the moment. <laughs> uh, Nick, it's listen, it's exciting times. We got uh, we got such a lot happening locally as well. There's build up to so many biggies around the corner. Local mountain biking doesn't stop, even though the seasons change. There's a couple of cool uh, uh, little routes coming up, little trail uh, events coming up over the next couple of weeks, and we'll keep you up to date with the latest in cycling as it breaks. Some more exciting news, obviously, out of uh, out of Omnico's, uh, out of your stable. Is we'll chat more products in the, in the next week about what's cool and happening uh, from your side. Did you get a, how to do? You didn't cycle at all while you were on holiday, did you? I did. Did you? Yeah. You did? You're one better yeah. than me. Uh, and you're not saying like how far you went. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. That's it. Right. Right. <laughs> all right.
Nice. Uh, Nicholas and thanks to Stack. John, wishing you everything of the best for the TDF. Thanks. Thanks, thanks for joining us and uh, thanks for all the advice as well. We were chatting just prior to the podcast about the right, again, this is uh, uh, to, to fit, the purpose of fitting a, uh, the right frame. A lot of people look and say, I'm very tall, therefore I need a large frame or etc. Um, John had one look at me and he said, yeah, weight-wise you need an XXL, uh, something with serious <laughs> shocks, but frame-wise look at the you know, X and Y. So thanks for the input on that and hopefully this has been of some in, uh, you know, importance to you listening, deciding on what you should do when you make that big purchase of a bike. Take care, everyone. Have a great week. We'll be back with Time in the Saddle next week. Subscribe now at livepodcast.fm. Rate and review it on your favorite podcast app to get your Time in the Saddle. Livepodcast.fm. Subscribing to a live podcast is free.